Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Nine Yards podcast. My name is Luke Lundler. As you can hear, I'm feeling feeling a little bit better um, after I was sick last week during the episode. So hopefully, the audio quality isn't as bad as it was last week. But I'm joined today, as I am seemingly every episode, by Iowa Caleb, Caleb Arthur, the Caleb from Iowa, Iowa, everybody's favorite Caleb Arthur. Um, this is going to be the Thanksgiving themed episode of the All Nine Yards podcast. So everybody get excited. We're going to be reviewing what happened last week. We're going to be picking our winners for the Thanksgiving games. And then we're going to be uh, discussing a, a hotly discussed topic around this time of year, uh, which is Thanksgiving sides. So I guess we'll just start with reviewing the games from last week. Uh, I guess we can start in the Colts-Bills game, a game that you, um, I'm, I'm sure you you followed a little bit, considering the Colts are a big threat to the Titans in the AFC South. But what what did you make of this seemingly big upset win? I mean, for one, I'm a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner, so let's go. That's how, that's what I'm talking about. Must, must have been a nice Sunday then in the in the, in the game. It was. It really was. But um, my biggest takeaway is more the Bills and the Colts. I mean, the Bills have just been really struggling. They're not even winning their division. The Patriots are now in first place in the AFC East. So I guess we got a one-year break from them uh, not dominating that division. But, uh, yeah, I just I, I don't know what's going on in the Bills at this point. I don't think you can call the Bills a Super Bowl contender. I don't know where they rank in the AFC. So uh, they just need – they have some things that they need to figure out. But then the Colts. I mean, I – the Colts, I still don't love their playoff chances. I really don't. But we saw when they played the Bills. I mean, when they feed Jonathan Taylor, they are a very good team, and they are a hard team to beat. So if Jonathan Taylor can continue the pace that he's on, they very well might be a threat to make the playoffs at, uh, you know, maybe 10 and 7. So we talk about how 10 is that magic number in the AFC. So, you know, this is a big win. That I mean, most people didn't expect this would be a, a go as a W in the win-loss column. So, I do think that the Colts have a little bit of life left in terms of making the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think there's like this is a this is a two-sided game in terms of like the takeaways you can you can get from it. I think there's obviously a massively positive Colts side, but really I'm mean, like you said a little bit, I'm going to focus on the on the Bills side. Cuz I mean, this is the second time they've lost to an underachieving AFC South team at home. That's oddly specific, but they did lose to the Jaguars earlier this year. And they kind of it seemed like throughout their seasons of, of being pretty good. So like last year, the year before that, and this year, um, at least up to this point, they could always rely on their defense to be a very, very stout unit and to keep them in games. And, and they did that with the Jaguars game. I mean, they lost to the Jaguars, but the defense only gave up nine points. It was constantly given short field. Uh, and it wasn't given the best scenarios and, and they only gave up nine points and really it's on the offense to win the game. But now I think we're, we're seeing a concerning trend for them because I mean, giving up 41 points to the Colts is not good, but the fact that they just couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they were getting out-muscled in the trenches. They just didn't have any answer. I mean, yes, yeah, Star Lutulele was out, so that's probably a, a big factor of that. But, boy, it was it was, it was was not pretty, I think, if, if you're the Buffalo Bills. And you have some soul-searching to do um, over the next three days before you play the Saints tomorrow on Thanksgiving. So that's a massive game for them. I mean, they're entering – I think they're entering possibly the – what the, the five biggest games of their season so far yeah i think i mean we'll talk about that game later but i think i mean both of those teams bills and the saints are trending in the wrong direction so that's important for both yeah i mean they're they're playing the saints this is like a huge game whoever wins that i think is, is in a lot better shape than they were coming into the game but the loser is, is 
had a lot of questions. Then they play the Patriots the week after that and the Bucks the week after that. Then the Panthers and the Patriots again. So those Patriots games are going to be really, really massive. So really, mm-hmm. this is, it's going to be a tough stretch for the Bills. So we'll have to see how they can, uh, how they can just respond to that absolute shallowing they got uh, at home against an AFC South team and the Colts. And I don't think a lot of people had pegged as much of a playoff contender. But hey, like you said, uh, the, the Colts, I mean, if they can beat a team like Buffalo like that, as long as they feed Jonathan Taylor, they can really maybe hang with anybody. So the Colts face another big game uh, next week against the Bucks at home. That one I don't think is as big as their game against the Patriots and their game against the Raiders later on in the season because yeah. that's two AFC wildcard contenders. Um, and if they can win both those games, hey, maybe maybe they do get to that magic number. So who knows? Because they still have the, the Texans once and the Jags once. So that's basically two free wins right there. So, I mean, nine wins certainly isn't impossible for this Colts team. So we'll have to see. Now, moving on to the next game uh, of the one o'clock slate, the Ravens and the Bears. This one uh, was pegged to be a blowout. And then Lamar Jackson was uh, ruled out right before the game, right after we released our episode, actually, um, with uh, a non-COVID related illness, which he had been battling all week. Tyler Huntley had to step in Utah legend and he uh, and he led the Ravens to a win. So, Caleb, are you impressed by the Ravens resilience or are you more disappointed in the fact that the Bears couldn't even take this as an opportunity to get a win? Um, I think the answer here is both, honestly. I, if you're the Bears, you always have to feel like no matter who you are, the quarterback position is so important. If you're facing a backup quarterback, I don't care who is playing who, the team with the starting quarterback still in the game is the team that should win. And I know Justin Fields went out mid-game, but I mean, Andy Dalton was the starter to start the season, so it's not like there's a huge gap there at this current moment. So I just feel like if you're the Bears, that's one you got to have. I mean, I don't think it really changed anything. I think either way, their playoff hopes are dead. But um, that's just one you got to have. And it sounds like Matt Nagy's going to be fired any day now, which at this point is probably for the best. So uh, we'll, we'll follow that. But, I mean, they have a huge game tomorrow against the Lions. I think we both pegged that as, as the Lions' best opportunity for a win this season. So I think that that's huge for the Lions to – get a win on the board. But then the Ravens, I, I really do think they're resilient. I, I think that they did just enough to, to get the W, and they that's what you do. When your quarterback goes out, all you have to hope for is just do as much as you can to just survive and limp through the game. And that's exactly what the Ravens did. So they remain in the foam driver's seat for that division. And at this point, with the Bills struggling, Titans, that was not good. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, I think that the right now the Ravens are very much in uh, contention for that one seed and that bye. So this was a big win for them. Yeah, I agree. I think this was this is pretty huge for them to come in without Lamar um, and, and to win and to win a tough game. I mean, in, in a pretty tough environment, let's be honest. I mean, Andy Dalton did his best to win the game for the Bears. Somehow he came in through completed only eleven passes, but for two hundred and one yards and two touchdowns is incredible. I have Daryl Mooney on my fantasy team, and I decided to bench him before this game. So that was uh, that's a little twinge of, of personal sadness for me, but yeah, I mean, I, I really think the the Ravens should should be uh, applauded for how they hung throughout this game. Like you said, it's like a game of survive and advance when you don't have your quarterback, uh, your starting quarterback for that matter, and they did a good job of surviving and advancing. Hey, I mean, it was field goals, field goals, field goals, um, and then eventually Devonta Freeman kind of punched them late and won them the game. So good for the Ravens, um, but like you said, yeah, I think they're definitely in contention for that number one seed in the AFC. Again, they have a very tough stretch coming up. Look, the schedule guys here. I mean, they, this was their easiest game left in the entire season. Yeah, this season. one they had to have. Yeah. They, like you said, you, they needed to have this one because 
everything else is a challenge. They have the Browns at home, the Steelers on the road and back-to-back weeks. That's always tough. Then you have the Browns on the road. So you basically you play three straight divisional games, two of which coming on the road, which should be tough. Then you have the Packers at home, which will get close, I assume, because both teams will be contending for the one seed in their respective conferences. Bengals on the road, you got blown out by them earlier this year at home. You got the Rams at home and the Steelers at home. So I, I, the, your easiest game there is the Bengals on the road, I think, um, and maybe even the Browns on the road. And both of those teams are not pushovers by any uh, stretch of the imagination. So this is this is a, a one the Ravens really needed to have, and it's impressive that they held on with Huntley um, to win this game. And really, I think the Bears are just done. I don't really think there's much more to say. I thought if they weren't done by now, they're done after that one. Because, hey, they, they held the Steelers pretty close. Um, and then they had their bye week, and then they uh, held the Ravens pretty close, but they lost both games, unfortunately, and now you're heading into a matchup with the Lions where I could see them just rolling over because uh, we know how good Andy Dalton is in, in primetime, and, and he's, he's not that good in primetime. So should be uh should be a, an interesting game to watch. I mean, it might be a pretty much a slugfest. The, the poop fact of the week is a Thanksgiving game, shock horror. But, uh, but yeah. Speaking of uh, the Lions, who the Bears will take on on Thanksgiving, they played the Browns last week. Uh, they lost 10-13. to 13. But really, I think they kept it a lot closer than people thought they would. Um, their backup QB uh, started in place of Jared Goff, whose name doesn't even show up on ESPN because he's literally that irrelevant. But Tyler, Bo- sorry, Tim Boyle came in and, and played exactly how you'd expect Tim Boyle to play. 77 yards, two interceptions. Um, hey, he only had eight incompletions, though, so credit to the kid. But, I mean, you looked at his stats. I mean, this is kind of circulating on Twitter, but you could look at his stats for the game. He did not have one good year in college. He threw more interceptions and touchdowns at UConn for four years. UConn, you're, if, like, how are you going to be bad at UConn? I mean, everybody at UConn yeah. is bad at football, but, like, it's a disaster. Yeah, know, then but- it goes to the FCS level. Still throws more t- interceptions and touchdowns. I mean, it's crazy how far being a, a 6'4", strong white guy uh, and, and, and a quarterback, for that matter, will get you. But, hey, maybe he's Dan Campbell's, like, nephew or something. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift carried the Lions uh, as he usually does, and, and really he couldn't do anything to stop this uh, to stop this Browns offense, which the Lions defense couldn't really stop in the first half. I mean, it, it, they kept it a lot closer than I think people thought, but they were just getting run all over. And the Browns did their best to choke this game, but ultimately – the Lions couldn't put it away. So really, I don't think there's much to take away from this game on the sides of the fact that, hey, the Lions kept it close yet again to give people hope that they might win next week. And uh, the Browns, I wouldn't say took care of business, but survived and advanced in this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if you're the Lions, I mean, you lost it whenever that, I mean, this was not one of your most winnable games. We said huge game tomorrow against the Bears. If you want to get a win, that's probably the opportunity to do it. So um, I know that, way they're going to be in, in contention for one of the top picks but uh the players don't care you know the players and the coaches they want to still you know pick up as many wins along the way as they can so i think that's their best opportunity to do set but then for the browns i mean it was not pretty but it, it still goes on, a, on on as a w in the in the win-loss column this was one they had to have i think to stay in the thick of that playoff race um i still feel like they have a good shot of making the playoffs at this point because uh, they are a, a really talented roster. But um, at this point, either Baker Mayfield is so beat up right now that he shouldn't be playing anyway, or it's just not good. So uh, I think either way, it's uh, not a great spot. I think I would honestly consider sitting him this week against the Ravens because then you got to buy after that. So that would give him some time to get healthier because apparently on the injury report, he has like five different body parts that are on the injury report. So I think that that would be, you know, something that you you should consider for the Browns. But it was ugly. But hey, 
you got to win. And they uh, now stay, I think they uh, at least still control their own destiny in terms of making the, making the playoffs. That's a, that's a good point you made about controlling their own destiny. Cause they do, they play a lot of divisional games. Um, schedule guys back. They play the Ravens in the next week, like I mentioned, and then they have a bye. And then they play the Ravens again. Um, then it's Raiders, uh, Raiders, Packers, then Steelers, uh, Steelers, Bengals to end out the season. So it's 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 a it's a controllable, uh, like you said, control their own destiny kind of situation. But Baker Mayfield is not shut up about the fact that he's hurt, which makes me think he's actually not that hurt and he just stinks. But who knows? Um, because he did not play well. He's not played well these last couple of weeks. I could see a reality where they sit him, but I think there's no way you sit a a, a you sit Baker Mayfield for that game. At least, I, I, there's no way the Browns will do that because then it just shows a complete like complete lack of trust. I mean, I think they they shouldn't have trust, but it shows a complete lack of trust in their quarterback. Um, just it just I don't know. It just I I I think they should, but I don't think they will because it didn't strike me as the kind of thing the Browns would do, considering they've been very vocal about the fact that Baker is their guy. So I think as long as he is willing to play himself, they'll probably put him in the game. So, yeah, speaking of bad quarterback performances, Caleb, we were going to get here eventually, but the Texans 22, the Titans 13. This one was an upset and not to brag or anything, but you can go all the way back to August and you can listen to our uh, preseason. Yeah, I, know. I was I thinking about pick the Texans over the Titans for this game. I didn't even know that until I checked my old playoff predictors yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, I picked it. No way. So I'm very proud of myself for that one. But Tanhill four interceptions. Aiden Peterson forty yards. He got cut right after Caleb. What what's going on with this Titans team? Man, I I just we are so beat up right now. I just it, it's just I mean the offensive line even when healthy is not great. That's probably um, at this point the defense is playing well. So I think at this point offensive line is probably going to be their biggest need in the draft this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I mean Tannehill. Probably his worst performance as a Titan, which I mean, I mean, it felt like Miami, right? He had no help around him and it was pouring rain. So, um, yeah, uh, Miami, Miami Tannehill is back. Hopefully it uh, doesn't stay that way. But this is one that I mean, it's going to be really tough. They have a huge matchup with the Patriots this week. Um, I don't really love their chances in that one at this point. Um, but uh, it, it, I think that if you want to stay in contention for that, uh, one seed, I think their schedule is easy enough where they can, uh, they, they're still in contention for that one seed despite that loss. But they're really weird because they play up or down to their competition, right? They are, they have not lost to a team that made the playoffs last year. They're like six and oh, or seven and oh against teams that made the playoffs last year. But then they have losses to the Jets and the Texans. So I guess maybe playing up to you, playing up slash down to your competition in the playoffs might work. But uh, right now, that uh, definitely has its flaws. So, I don't know. This is one you just got to forget. Hope you can, you know, again, right now, just limp to a couple more wins. Sounds like um, there's a lot more optimism that Derrick Henry is going to be back for the playoffs right now. So, that's good. I think at this point, you can just uh, just limp. Just try to limp to the finish line. Still very, very unlikely they don't win this division. So, um, I guess just, just kind of burn the tape on this one and uh, – just keep going and, and trying to get to the finish line. Yep. I, I agree with the word limp on that one. I think this is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be an, an easier stretch, but they're really going to have to just take care of business against bad teams, which like you mentioned, is not really something they've shown they can do. I think they have winnable games against the Jags, the Titans and the Texans. Uh, the Niners at home on a short week should be pretty winnable too. It's just the Steelers and the Patriots that I think might cause you some problems. 
So, I mean, I think if the Titans win against the Patriots next week, they're in great shape for the one seed, just fantastic shape. Yeah. However, I don't think they're going to do that, and Vegas agrees with me. The line is six and a half for the Patriots already, which is crazy. I mean, that'll probably get coming down uh, over the course of the week, but it, it's big. Speaking of uh, upset, I guess, I mean, I think the entire world predicted this upset, including uh, Caleb and I about four four months ago, but... The, uh, the Vikings outlasted the Packers, won 34-31. Kirk Cousins with a great game, of course, as he is wont to do in the 1 o'clock matchups. Rodgers did his best to get this game back, and as somebody who benched Marquez, Marquez Vantless-Scantling again in this fantasy league, I just have terrible, terrible record with those receivers after I bench him. But uh, it wasn't pretty for my fantasy team, and it wasn't really necessarily pretty for the Packers either. I mean, their defense just couldn't get a stop, and the Vikings shock horror made a field goal at the end to win it, so... Man, I mean, I, it was it was it was a good game overall. I'm not really sure how many people didn't see this coming, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the Vikings are firmly in the thick of the playoff race and have another huge game against the Niners next week to see really where they stand. But do you really think this Vikings team can make a run and make this playoffs? Oh, uh, I do. I think that uh, this was one we talked about. This was this was super important. They seemed to always split with the Packers, and this was the one in Minnesota. So I think this was an important game for them, and it was ugly and I mean the Packers were, were beat up so if the Packers were fully healthy um, I think they would have won this one um, but uh, that doesn't really matter because it, it, the Vikings won this game and now I think um, we've talked a lot about the AFC playoff place but I think that game against the Niners next week uh, very well could be another situation where I think it's very really possible the winner of that game makes the playoffs lose or doesn't I think it is that I mean they're both five and five so I think that is just an absolutely massive game for both teams next week um, so it might be kind of hard for them to uh, offer a big emotional divisional win like this. They might come out a little flat next week. But uh, for now, um, Mike Zimmer, you know, his seat's cooling a little bit. I think the Vikings, again, I mean, if they win next week, they, they really do control their own destiny again. And I think that's big for them. So now it's just can they can they get that W against the Niners next week? Because I really think that's going to really determine their fate for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think we're we're seeing a stretch of about a thousand games that are all like basically the winner gets in, the loser doesn't for this playoff. I feel like the Vikings have been in about four of them this year, um, especially the one against the Panthers earlier. We we thought week one against the Cardinals was gonna or week two was gonna decide who got in the playoffs and who didn't. Well, that clearly didn't uh, really translate massively because man, the man, the Cardinals are killing them. But uh, really, that's that's kind of that's that's what we got for the Vikings in the pack. Let's see, uh, what other 1 o'clock games do we have here? Uh, ooh, we can talk about the Eagles and the Saints. And I'm just going to I'm just gonna cede the floor to you, Kel, because there's not really anything I can think about uh, breaking, this da- breaking this game down, except for the fact that uh, I was totally right and I totally called it. And I'll get to that later. But, Caleb, what did you think of this? What did you think of this game? Yeah, you know, I got I to gotta tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the Eagles. I mean, they're five and six, and they got an easy schedule. So um, they, they faced the wa- uh, Washington two more times, and they faced the Giants two more times. If I think if they can go three and one in those four, then I think they can make the playoffs. And then if whoa, you whoa, go- whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. No way. Caleb giving the Eagles some, some respect and, and acknowledging them as playoff contenders in the NFC? Impossible. No way. I mean, I know it's crazy, but I mean, you look, and if I think if they can get to nine wins, I think there's a very good chance that gets them in. And they have, you know, the Jets, uh, Washington twice, and the Giants twice. So those are five games. If they can win four of those five, which I still have my doubts that they can do that, but if they can, 
win four of those five, I think they're probably going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, for that you, you got one for the six because I mean, you can't overlook the Cowboys at home the last week of the season. No, I you know, think, but I think that one you can probably, I mean, chalk that one up as a loss already. Yeah, but. that's true. But I'm, I'm just saying, I, I just, I, I'd like to include that game in there too because you just got to win four of those six and, and you're, yeah. Right, so. yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the Saints, on the other hand, are trending in a, in a really bad direction. They at once looked like, I mean, with the absolute cluster that was the uh, bot, like the middle to bottom of the NFC, looking like there was like going to be nobody who gets more than eight wins. It felt like the Saints were in very, very good position to make the playoffs, but now they have fallen and now they find themselves also in, in that stick with the 49ers, Vikings, Eagles, Panthers, teams like that. So, um, like we said, they play Bills tomorrow. That'll be, I don't think they'll win that game, but that'd be a big one for them. So, um, I don't, I don't not like the uh, direction that they are going in. I don't know why. I mean, I don't think Taysom Hill's great, but I think he's better than Trevor Simeon. And, and, and I don't know why they keep playing Trevor Simeon. I always got the impression that, Sean Payton really liked Taysom Hill, so that's a little weird to me. But um, I think I'd give that a shot at this point, just with the, how bad your momentum is right now. But uh, I got to be honest about one thing here about the Eagles for just a second. Okay. I, I, one thing that I really don't like to do, I don't like to mislead people. I don't like to send people in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, earlier in the season, I said Eagles – to win less than seven games. Oh, sorry, less than eight. It was 7.5. The Eagles to win less than eight games was a great way to to get some free money. And I may have just lost America money. I, so I think I'm you just lost America money, Caleb, because boy, you also that. lost a – I mean, you're, you're trending towards losing a bet with me that the Eagles would uh, – I know. Would, would be under seven and a half. So I'm, I'm loving life, both, uh, both as a part-time sorry, and as yeah. a – Yeah, but – I'm sorry, America. That's my bad. But you, you um, let everyone down, Caleb. Everybody's just just crying into their into their lack of money now because you told them to all bet on the Eagles under. But <laughs> hey, this 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 veteran uh, this veteran Eagles lineup is uh, clearly dragging themselves with some wins. And I mean, hey, they're on a little bit of a streak, so I think it's time we we give them some respect. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking up the Eagles for a long time, but I think they're kind of proven. Miles Sanders is back finally, and boy, does this running game. Um, Look strong. They're finally pounding the ball. I mean, they finally found their offensive identity, and it's running the ball. I think Sirianni has gotten away from trying to just throw, 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 throw all the time. I think he realizes he's got one and a half good receivers on that team, and 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 like a good tight end, and that's all he's got to throw the ball to. So you might as well utilize Jordan Howard, who's always good in the Eagles uniform for some reason. He's got Miles Sanders, who's very athletic, not the smartest player in the world, fumbles a lot, but he's very athletic. Um, he can he can you know turn the Jets on and outrun people. He's got. Boston Scott or Bosco, as we like to call him in Eagles fandom, who's really not on bad running back by any stretch. He's a nice change of pace, dude. And hey, you even got Kenneth Gainwell, who's their own little Darren Sproles. So I think you, you got a lot. You got four pretty good running options. Plus Hertz, who absolutely juked a Saints player out of his shoes on his uh, on his clutch uh, touchdown run to have 24 yards late in the game. And I mean, the Eagles defense almost choked the game. The Saints got it down close. Um, but ultimately, I think the Eagles can be very proud of how they played because they really proved that they're not a pushover. Um, and I think they, they are a legitimate uh, playoff contender in the NFC. Speaking of playoff contender, well, not so much, but the Dolphins played the Jets and Joe Flacco wearing 19, which felt weird. 
uh, lost uh, to the Miami Dolphins, who now have won three in a row. And on the and the ten and seven dream is not dead. Caleb, do you have any optimism this Dolphins team can win six more in a row and match your preseason prediction of ten and seven that looked so stupid only three weeks ago? Um, honestly, no. But um, I I did say a couple weeks ago I said I think the Dolphins are still going to end up scratching their way to like six or seven wins, and you call me even crazy then, and I think I might be right about that. Yeah, you so, probably are. I'm, I'm going to look back on that and say I, I was dumb because they, they got the Jets again, the Giants at home, the Saints on the road. Who knows how bad the Saints are? But, yeah, it's, it's certainly possible for them. So I think that, uh, you know, the Dolphins, I don't like their playoff chances, but at least this end of the season run cools Brian Flores' seat, which I didn't really think his seat should be that hot anyway. But, um, you know, it, it does help. And then the Jets, I mean, it's the Jets, whatever they're – you know, two wins against two potential, one for sure playoff team, the second maybe playoff team. So they're kind of just like to play spoiler every once in a while. But uh, the Jets aren't very good. But you guess what? The GOAT is back next week. We haven't talked about Zach Wilson in a very long time. Very yeah, long time. that's true. We haven't. We I, I, uttered those, haven't I haven't uttered that name in quite some time, and it feels good to say he'll, I will once again, starting next week, be able to talk about him again. So that's exciting. But uh, the Jets stink. So, yeah. Yep. Well, at least Zach, at least we can all uh, utter the words the goat again as we watch Zach Wilson throw for four interceptions while getting sacked about 16 times. And that six year old on TikTok can break down like how oh, nobody's, yeah. nobody's getting separation. That guy's so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of no separation, the Panthers receivers actually, that's a lie. The Panthers receivers are pretty good, but Washington beat the Panthers in Carolina and kind of spoiled Cam Newton's homecoming. Um, really, I think, uh, somebody who didn't get swept up in the hype might've picked this game. I will admit that I got swept up in the hype massively and I picked the Panthers to win, but I mean, we got to clap it up here for Tanner Heineke because he's making that he's coming out of nowhere. Uh, and he, and he's making this Washington team play like play. Like I think a lot of people how, thought they could play, I mean, before the season started, he hasn't playing very well. Uh, they just beat the Buccaneers. They just beat the Panthers. I mean, granted, they beat, they lost to the Broncos the week before that, but Hey, they, 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 they lost to the Broncos. They took their bye, And now they have the, the they beat the bucks. They beat the Panthers. They have the Seahawks at home next week on Monday night football. Caleb, do you believe in the fighting Taylor Heineke's or is, is this team just destined to max out at about six wins? I don't know. I think I still don't think there's much of a shot. They make the playoffs. I think if they would have found one win uh, that they lost earlier, they'd be five and five. I think if they were five and five, Instead of four and six, they would have a real shot being in the NFC East. But uh, um, they play the the Eagles uh, two more times, so I don't know. I think that'll probably be a split. But if they could somehow find a way to win both, I think then we can maybe talk. I think that's that's huge for both teams there. But um, yeah, so I, I I don't love their chances, but they're not completely dead yet. Um, and on the Panthers side. Um, they're not completely dead, but this was this was a, a big blow. I mean, their end of the season is brutal. They play the Buccaneers twice. They play the Bills, I believe. So I think this is just. I mean, it's 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 brutal. Um, this was one that they really needed to have. They would be six and five if they would have won this in a, in a great spot. But now they're five and six, and their schedule is just going to get harder and harder as the season ends. So I think the Panthers took a very, very big blow to their playoff hopes last weekend. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I don't think there's a lot to say about this game other than the fact that the Panthers, I think, are, are not really looking to be in the great spot they were once. But uh, ultimately, I, I'm impressed with how Taylor Heineke is, is leading this Washington team, but I really don't think they're going to be much of a threat. 
it feels weird to say this, but I think Atlanta is more of a playoff threat than Washington at this point. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I believe in the Atlanta offense. That's a little bit more, but we'll have to see. Hey, like you mentioned, this this NFC playoff race from from six on down is just really wide open. I mean, you got the Vikings currently in six at five and five, Saints five and five, Niners five and five, Eagles five six, Panthers five six, Washington four and six, because. Um, Eagles and Carolina both have not had their bye yet. And then Atlanta four and six. And then I think you get to the giants at three wins and then they're out. But I think Atlanta is probably the last team that's still in it. Um, just because we are definitely looking at, I mean, we're talking about how nine was the magic number. Shoot. Eight might be the magic number at this point. Who knows? Especially uh, if something weird happens in the not 49ers Vikings game next week, but we'll have to see. But speaking of 49ers, they play the Jaguars and uh, you know, uh, cruised and, you know, had to have to flex their muscles a little bit. Uh, and, and really it was like the ultimate Kyle Shanahan game. I think, I think he had Debo Samuel at tight end at one point. I mean, it was just crazy. Um, ultimately Garoppolo threw a couple of nice touchdowns and kind of did his whole Jimmy D Jimmy G shtick. Uh, not a lot of bad passes, but not a lot of amazing ones either. Trevor Lawrence is looking worse and worse by the week. And I understand he has no help. But we might want to start talking about him as a little bit of a reason for the Jaguars offensive struggles because James Robinson Give him the ball and he's doing well. I mean, they're just not giving him the ball. He only got 12 carries last game, which is very frustrating for fantasy owners, I have to imagine. I'm not one of them, uh, fortunately. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much to make of this game. So I'm just going to let you talk about it mostly. But I just think that the Niners are a better team than the Jaguars at this point. And there was, if there was any doubt about, about the Niners being, uh, like, uh, at least an, an average team, I think it's been it's been erased here. Because we've the, the Niners, they beat the Rams, they beat the Jags. We can see that they – Maybe we're getting a little underrated at the close to the earlier of the season. So that's all yeah. I have to say about this one. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, this was, you know, pretty much the result we expected. Maybe I expect them to be a little bit close to, but um, not all too surprising. Not a lot of takeaways, like I said, with the Vikings. I mean, 49ers Vikings next week, that, that's, that's a big one. Um, so I just, I'll save my thoughts on the 49ers really until after that game. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so we'll we'll just really have to address that later. So yeah, but now uh, let's see what other four o'clock games. Oh yeah, there was a pretty good one in the Sin City. I'd have to say because the Sin Sin Addies came Bengals came into the Sin City and beat the. Uh, that was a little bit of a stretch, but hey, the Bengals came into Las Vegas, beat the Raiders thirty two thirteen. This game wasn't a blowout until very late. Derek Carr threw a bad interception to Eli Apple, and the Bengals had a clutch drive after the Raiders cut it to three. Really, I think this was a little bit of a coming out party for Zach Taylor. I feel like I've said this a couple times this year, but he really called a very good game. Um, and I think people need to start giving him some credit as not a terrible head coach. And this was really the kind of game where he could respond to some adversity, especially after the Raiders cut that lead to three. The Bengals came back on the field. Their offense hadn't done a lot uh, in recent drives. They had relied on Evan McPherson or Money Mac, as we like to call him now. I still prefer to call him McPhear Goat, but Money Mac is the name he has chosen. Um, so... Yeah, I just I think the Bengals can can be looked at as, as still in the playoff race. I think a lot of people really were were writing them off a little bit after two bad losses and a bye week. But they've come out. They they've played this Raiders team that boy oh boy loves to collapse around Thanksgiving, don't they? We've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Thanksgiving's mm -hmm. tomorrow. It feels like everything is colliding. The Raiders even play on Thanksgiving, and if they lost by eighty, I wouldn't be surprised. But these Bengals have a, have the Steelers on Sunday at home. They're four and a half point favorites. Then they have the Chargers at home the week after that. They're one and a half point favorites for that one, which is crazy. Because, I mean, if you just think about it, if they can beat the Steelers, the Chargers, and the Niners, and the Broncos in four straight weeks, that's 10. That's 10 wins. I mean, I don't think they will. I think they'll probably take three out of that four. But 
I, all of a sudden, I think the Bengals are, are actually in a very, very good situation to make the playoffs because we were talking about how 10 wins is the magic number. They have uh, four easy games and three tough ones. So they just got to win three out of the four easy ones and one out of the three tough ones. I think they are locked into that AFC six or seven seed. So being a Bengals fan is not as bad as it was two weeks ago, and but being a Raiders fan sure must be depressing. Caleb, what is your non-biased take on this game? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it. this is what it is. The Raiders are in free form, and it's will. I mean, it's it's crazy how it's like, I wouldn't even say, I mean, it was a pretty common thought. I mean, the trend of them collapsing uh, late in the season has been a pretty easy thing to spot for a few years now. And the fact that, I mean, it does, it clearly wasn't rude because they're doing it again. And at least they were showing all the signs that they're going to keep doing it. But um yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I like Derek Carr, but he's definitely not quite good enough to lead. I, I think he kind of falls in that Kirk Cousins category at this point. Yeah. Of he's 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 pretty good, but he's not gonna be able to carry a subpar roster anywhere. Yeah. So I think that that but um but yeah, I think if you're the Bengals, um we talked about how big this game was. I think they they have to they'd have to do it all over again next week with the Steelers. I think that game against the Steelers next week is absolutely massive for both teams. Cannot be understated how huge it is on both sides. So Mm -hmm. um, after a big win, can they go the very next week and pull off another big uh, divisional win that's big for for playoff implications? That's to be seen, but uh, that's something that I think they're going to have to do. But Raiders are in free fall. Honestly, at this point, I've kind of put them in the category of the Broncos is um, I guess they're not completely out of the playoff race, but I really uh, think their chances are quite slim at this point. So yeah. uh, Raiders, I don't think we're going to be talking about them uh, much more here in a few weeks, but uh, the Bengals showed some life. This was one they had to have. And now they have, uh, after they look a little bit dead, they are now back in the, at least to the point where if they beat the Steelers next week, then they uh, control their own destiny. Yep. Uh, I agree with everything you said there. I think that the Bengals are in good shape and the Raiders, not so much. I mean, two teams that are not in pretty bad shape, to be honest, are the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and they matched up at Arrowhead uh, on Sunday. The Chiefs won the the ugly offensive game we all expected to see. Being a little sarcastic, because I think this game was was a, was a lot uh, uglier than people thought it would be. I think a lot of people thought it would be high, high scoring. But hey, the Chiefs won. The Cowboys didn't. Uh, the Cowboys' offense looked pretty lifeless. Granted, uh, they didn't have their starting left tackle turn on Smith, but Dak was running for his life all day. Really, Amari Cooper wasn't there either. I mean, there was a lot of guys hurt for the Cowboys, but I'm still kind of concerned with how their offensive look against the Chiefs defense that I think is really starting to come into its own. I think we look at the Chiefs and the Titans defenses as two examples that that have really kind of gotten their stuff together uh, halfway through the season after really not starting well. I mean, the Titans did a lot earlier than the Chiefs did, especially against that game uh, where they played the Chiefs, but they're still looking pretty good. Um, I think this Chiefs defense is at least and, and a lot better than people thought they would look a couple weeks ago. And so now all of a sudden they're back. They're leading the division. And I think of all the one seed contenders in the AFC, I think the Chiefs and the Patriots are the two I have to take the most seriously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they played right now, I'm still probably picking the Chiefs, which would be cut tough because Belichick's always good at taking quarterbacks out of the game. But this Chiefs team is a pretty easy schedule from here on out. I think they kind of got their hardest stretch out of the way. And it was that Packers Raiders Cowboys stretch. And they won all three. So you got the Broncos at home, Raiders at home, Chargers on the road, which is probably their hardest game. Uh, I could say Bengals on the road might be their hardest game, but Steelers at home. I mean, it's a lot of like pretty good AFC wildcard teams, but nothing that's going to give them too much of a scare. So I think, I think the chiefs probably end up cruising. Maybe they even win out, but who knows? 
they're in a good spot. And that's really all I have to say about this one. Yeah, I think that the Chiefs, I mean, I still it's uh, they're gonna, it's going to take a couple more good wins. I think if they a couple weeks from now uh, win at the Chargers, I think that's going to be kind of their if they can win that one. I think that's going to be the one. OK, this is a team. Once again, we will have to take seriously. They're definitely looking a lot better and they're on my radar. And I think um, in, in this AFC, I mean, this AFC is is just it's crazy. I mean, the one seed's probably going to be like five, maybe even an outside chance that the one seed's 11 and six. So I think that um, this is just, you know, it's it's wide open. I think there's not a team that we look at as fantastic in the AFC. So, you know, the Chiefs, if they uh, keep, you know, doing what they're doing the past couple of weeks and just uh, steadily improving a little bit on the defensive end um, and Mahomes, you know, not throwing so many interceptions, um, I think that the Chiefs are once again an AFC contender. So I think that that's huge for them. And then the Cowboys, I'm not going to go on them too hard. I'm going to give them somewhat benefit of the doubt just because of how beat up they were. But I do agree. They've been a little bit concerning. Their offense has been really stagnant two of the past three weeks, even when they were at least pretty healthy. So that's something to watch. I think at this point, it's hard to say that the Cowboys, I don't think you can put the Cowboys in the same tier as the Cardinals and the Packers at this point. But um I, they're still a good team, so obviously going to win that division. And maybe they can make a run. But at this point, I uh, honestly think the Chiefs are more of a contender to make the Super Bowl than the Cowboys. But that's mostly just because the AFC is weaker. Yeah, the AFC is like weaker, but also stronger. It's definitely not as top heavy, but it yeah, feels like the middle, every, is, stronger. The the middle, middle is, is much stronger because it feels like we might get to the end of the season and the AFC's one and seven seed might be separated by two games maybe yeah like it's going to be that close because like you said i think the one seed in the afc is 11 or 12 and the and we've yeah. just constantly talked about how the magic number is 10 uh in the afc and so the, yeah, the seven seed probably has 10 and that's like one yeah. or two games separating these top two seeds so it's it's really going to be a close one in the nfc now cardinals at the seahawks i mean really colt mccoy playing again i think a lot of people were shocked by that i think a lot of people thought kyler was going to be back but hey the cardinals have to buy after this Kyler can get healthy. Hopkins can get healthy, but they still won. Um, really, I mean, I just think Colt McCoy is looking impressive, but really, that Seattle offense, man, they put up 13 points. It's not good. This running game is one of the worst they've ever had. Uh, it really just, it really wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. So, I mean, Russell Wilson's playing like a guy is going to be out of there in six weeks. I don't mean to give all Seattle fans a heart attack, but I think that's kind of the reality. Maybe we're looking at Russ yeah. to the Broncos, Russ to the Raiders, who knows? Russ to the Browns is, is one I've seen that I think I is actually pretty interesting, but the Seahawks just, they missed a couple drafts in a row. I mean, not to get too big picture, but they, they missed a couple drafts in a row. Um, they, they gave a lot of money to Russ and a lot of money to Jamal Adams and the, the latter is not doing too well. Just team doesn't look good. Cardinals look good. Cardinals look like an actually uh, a legit contender. I think a lot of people thought they were pretty legit, but a lot of people also thought the Rams would overtake them. Hey, I don't really know if that's the case anymore because the Cardinals aren't dropping, uh, droppables like the Rams were against the Titans. So I'm impressed by how Arizona's playing. Caleb, do you, do you look at the Seahawks as done? Do you look at the Cardinals as one seed? How do you look at both these teams? You know, I really did think when Russ came back, just because, you know, the NFC nine wins gets you in. Um, I thought they had a shop. And I know that the two games since Russ back, uh, the Packers and the Cardinals, who honestly, if I were to do a power ranking, would be my top two teams. So I think that it, it's hard to say, but now they're, they're in a spot 
where they can, you know, really only afford one more loss, um, maybe if they're lucky too. Um, they play Washington next week. That's one you got to have. If they lose that one, they're officially dead. But I, I don't like their chances right now. I've been on this for a while. I just think Pete Carroll's uh, offense is just really starting to get outdated. And I think he's um, not one of the best coaches in the league anymore, just with how the, uh, with the direction that play styles are going in. So I think the Seahawks have a lot of trouble that they need to figure out this offseason. But uh, as for right now, I just I don't love their chances. I really don't. Yeah, I think we're looking at a reality where Seattle has to win out, um, and that's pretty tough for them. Maybe not even win out, but win all but one, um, yeah. which is hard. And like you said, I mean, Carroll is probably going to be gone by the end of the year. So was Russ. I mean, they're going to just clean house in that building. I think it's it's time they clean yeah. house. I think that the championship window's over. They need to accept that, and it's time to just get rid of everybody. Maybe they'll dump Adams for for a late draft capital. I think they'll hold on to DK, probably Tyler Lockett, because yeah. they have some good receivers. They won't get rid of their young guys, but – they're big guys on bloated contracts who really aren't helping them win anymore. Like Jamal, um, like, I mean, Hey, is Russell Wilson even helping them win anymore? I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. it's also due to the fact that he's not trying, but who knows? But, uh, but yeah, um, another team, two teams actually that were kind of fighting for their, I don't want to say playoff lives, but fighting for their, for their high seed lives, at least on Sunday night, the Steelers and the Chargers. Jailers got this game miraculously close and even took the lead late, but Herbert was slinging the ball. He always seems to play well in prime time. I mean, I really think the biggest thing I'm getting out of this is dealers just can't really throw the ball that deep. Um, and it's just, it's going to come back to haunt them in January. Even like everybody's like, oh, the weather gets cold. Najee Harris is going to go crazy. I mean, that's true. But when you can just only put like eight in the box and, and, and plan for Najee Harris, then you know, big Ben isn't beating you. And just the Steelers need to start making a plan for life after Ben, man. Cause life with Ben is bad, but Mason Rudolph is even worse. So it's just, it's not looking good for Pittsburgh. Chargers didn't play badly. I think they're totally still in it uh, for the AFC West. I think the Chiefs will win it. But I think the Chargers are looking like a playoff block at this point. So who knows? Yeah. But that's kind of all I have to say about this one. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Steelers, Big Ben is obviously, you know, you like you said, you have to think about life after him now. Um, but they did put up 37 points, and I think he probably had his best game of the season. So I'll give him a little bit uh, of credit there. But the Chargers, man, their offense was looking nice. Justin Hobart. Had been going through a little bit of a slump, but he snapped out of it last week. He was really good, and I think we're looking at the Chargers probably going to be the sixth seed. I think you got the top five seeds. You're going to be uh, Ravens, Chiefs, Titans, Bills, and Patriots probably. Yeah, but, that, uh, that, think, that would check out. I would agree with that. Yeah. But then I think with looking at the schedule, Chargers have probably the easiest schedule of all the AFC wildcard contenders. So they'll probably go into that six seed. So um, I think their playoff chances, I said, I think I said last week, they win this game. I think their playoff chances are pretty much a lock. And that's exactly what they did. But Steelers, again, we talked about it with Bengals, massive game next week. I think the winner of that one is very much in it. Losers going to really have a hard time to get in. So I think this is, uh, this is probably the Steelers season next week. I really do think that, but um I'm, I'm just, I know their defense is a little banged up, but still seeing them give up 41 points is very uncharacteristic. And uh, if, if their defense, you know, is going to, you know, start to become not top tier, um, I just, I think they're going to be in for a lot of trouble. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned um, their defense because they're 5 4 and 1. And that tie was huge because that means they can still go 500. They can go, they can go 8 8 and 1. 
Um, and I think you might be looking at them going eight eight one somehow, somehow, yeah, some way. I think Tomlin mm-hmm. always scrapes five hundred. He can play the ugliest mm-hmm. football in the world, and he always scrapes five hundred. I think they split with the Ravens. That's uh, six. I think they probably beat the Vikings. That's seven. Um, and then they'll find a win somewhere else, maybe against the Vikings, maybe against sorry the the Titans, maybe against the Browns, and that's eight. Um, and that's really all I need. Yeah. So so really, I think this is. Uh, Taylor's team that's probably going to end up scraping their way back to 500. I don't, I don't think they're in the playoff race at all at this point, um, especially if they lose next week. But like you said, they're playing for their season next week. Maybe they'll rally. But the Bengals just absolutely dismantled them in week three. TJ Watt uh, so far is trending towards being out again next week, which is just, as a Bengals fan, I'm, I'm thanking the injury gods because TJ Watt against that Bengals offensive line would be scary considering how poorly they handled Miles Garrett earlier in the year. But Really, I think the Steelers are looking at a, a tough situation. They're going to have to play very well against the Bengals on Sunday to stay alive in the NFL, uh, in the uh, playoff race. Speaking of playoff race, the New York Giants. Well, not really, but they got killed by the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football by 20. There isn't much to say. The Bucs bounce back. Daniel Jones doesn't look good. Maybe he's not the quarterback for the team next year. That's a debate to be had in the offseason. Giants are out of the playoffs. Buccaneers, I think, are, are flexing their muscles yet again. That's really all I have to say about this one. Caleb, what, what did you make of this Monday Night Football matchup? Um, like it was weird to say, but it was really a must win for the Buccaneers. You can't drop three in a row. Um, yeah, that's I, always I kind of been, I've been, uh, that's always been kind of thing that most people, um, with experience in sports have said, but if you lose three in a row, then the locker room really starts to uh, get demoralized. So three in a row is really the number that you just can't do. So, um, I think that was a, a big one for the Buccaneers. Um, I still think they're, uh, in contention for that one seed. Um, that's it's going to be interesting. Um, they have a fairly easy schedule. Although they play the Colts next week, I think that's that's big. Colts might be a little more ch- uh, look like they might be a little more challenging than we thought a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, so then the Giants. I mean, three and seven. I think they're kind of the cutoff line. I think they're they're the first team that's like dead, right? I think yeah. if you if you above the Giants in the standings right now, I think you at least have a sliver of hope. And if you, uh, the Giants are below you done. So, um, I guess, I mean, they fired Jason Garrett yesterday. Um, uh, I think that that was honestly, from what I've been hearing, it sounds like that was a move to see, is it him or is it Daniel Jones? So I think that we're gonna, we're gonna see that, that question answered. I think he is on the clock, right? Daniel Jones, this is going to be his audition to see, is he going to be, uh, the quarterback next year? They're not because they also have, the Bears first round picks. So they are very much in a spot to draft a quarterback this draft. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, it's really, this is, this is hot, his audition for his uh, starting career in the NFL at this point. Yeah. Like you mentioned, um, they have that extra first round pick. And to me, that, that makes me think that they are certainly in the quarterback market in the draft. And who knows, people have been kept in saying this class is weak, this class is weak, this class is weak. So certainly I think there's a, there's a, there's yeah. an area where Corral or Willis might follow them in the back end of the top 10. So they would they would really like that, I think, um, over Daniel Jones. But that concludes our summary of all the uh, summary and review and breakdown of all the games that happened last week in week 11. Now we move to week 12. It's Wednesday. we got to get our Thanksgiving picks out of the way um, before we prepare for football and turkey. Speaking of football, it's the football part of turkey. Lions, three points, favorites on the road in Detroit. Caleb, I mean, I think I know what you're going to pick, and you know what I'm going to pick. We've both been saying this since the start of the season, but who do you have in this game, Bears or Lions? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is the one, right? Like, you yeah. have, I mean, we just, we never see, I mean, the Browns did it, I guess, uh, like four years ago, but uh-huh. 
Um, it's just it's it's very rare to see a team uh, go winless, and I know they have a tie in there, but still, I mean, it feels like they have to win one game, and I guess this is the one to do it. So I'll pick the Lions here. They're at home. Um, I think the Bears. I mean, primetime Andy Dalton. You probably have more experience with that than me. Oh God! So I'll try- oh my God! He's bad. He's terrible. But I'll, I'll yeah. talk about. I that remember. He, remember, they played the Rams in primetime in Week One, and that was a disaster. So, um, yeah. I think I'll, I'll trust you that he's that he's not good there. So, um, like I said, the reports from very respected, award-winning uh, Chicago writers that Matt Nagy is going to be out within the next week or two. So I think that's kind of, I mean, they just, like you said earlier, I think you said they, uh, feel like they kind of rolled over after last week. So, yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, that's where they are. And I think this is lions. I mean, this is, this is their opportunity. This is really their chance. And I, uh, I think they're going to take advantage of it. So I'll go with the lions. Yep. I too, am going to pick the fighting Dan Campbell's to win this game. I think no matter who plays, quarterback for the Lions. Hopefully it's golf. I think that gives them slightly better chance than Tim coming into play for them. But uh but I'm I'm shocked Volvo Power Index only gives the Lions a 39.6% chance to win this game because the Bears run defense has just been bad all year. Um DeAndre Swift is really coming into his own recently. I think uh if, if I had to pick somebody to win the turkey like I mean it's hard to win it in the 12:30 game. You really have to be super good. But I think there's a chance DeAndre Swift wins the turkey like this year because he I think is going to just run run wild. Um, and I think the Lions win. I don't think it's a blowout. I think it's very close. Um, but I do think the Lions win because just prime Tammany Dalton is not somebody you want playing for your team. Allen Robinson's going to be out. It's just, it's Daryl Mooney and, and his bunch of Mary mugs in the back. So who knows? Um, but I'm picking the Lions to win this game. 430 game Raiders Cowboys. Again, I think we both know who we're going to pick for this one, considering how much we, uh, always joke about how one team collapsed around Thanksgiving, but Caleb Cowboys, seven and a half point favorites. Do can the Raiders cover or will, will the Cowboys just, just cruise? I got it. I got to tell you, I think if the Cowboys were playing a team that was not in free fall, I think they'd be in a lot of trouble because the Amari Cooper's out. CD lambs probably out. The offensive line is banged up. um, And their defense is a little banged up too. So I think this, uh, the Cowboys are very, very vulnerable, but like I said, it's Thanksgiving fellas and the Raiders, uh, like Clockworker and Free Falls. So I think that's a very good chance the Raiders cover. But uh, I just, I can't, I mean, it would be, it feels like a crime to pick the Raiders to win on Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, that's, that's illegal. You can't do that. That's illegal. So I think, uh, uh, despite the Cowboys being beat up and they very well might be in trouble, and I think they're going to be vulnerable for the next couple of weeks, I will pick them here being at home. Yeah, um, I'm gonna pick the Cowboys too, and I just this, I, this thought occurred to me. Feels like the Bears and the Lions play every Thanksgiving. Just feels like it. I, I feel like um, they play. That. I think the rule is so the Lions play every Thanksgiving. I know, I know, I know. The rule is that the Lions and the uh, Cowboys both have home games like every Thanksgiving. That was yeah, and I think it is. I think what it is is the Lions and Bears play every other Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was gonna say because I feel like they play a lot. Um, yeah, it's every at other. least every time I'm sitting in my grandparents' house and I'm like, oh wow, it's Thanksgiving. Oh wow, the Lions and the Bears are on shock horror. Cowboys always feel like uh, they play. They play. They, they play the Washington. Um, yeah, they do. They have actually. I don't think they've played football team yet. I think they've only played the Redskins because I don't think they played them last year. But uh, I think if the Cowboys were playing Washington this week, I would 100 percent be just be hammering the Washington money line. I'd be picking Washington in this game because they got momentum. The Cowboys don't. If they've got pretty good back end coverage on on a very lackluster Cowboys wide receiver unit, but. Unfortunately, the Cowboys got blessed by the NFL schedule gods and are playing the Raiders. Two teams. I think this game might be ugly as all get out. 
but the Raiders don't strike me as the kind of team that's going to rally in this case. I mean, if there was a, a contending team that you wanted to play on Thanksgiving, it would probably be the Cowboys at this point, maybe the Bills, yeah. who actually are playing on Thanksgiving. But I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win this because I just I can't bring myself to pick the Raiders on Thanksgiving. That would just be wouldn't it be so funny is leading up to Thanksgiving and they collapse, but the second on Thanksgiving, they like win by 20 and then start a crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. But that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, you know what's also not gonna happen? The Saints aren't gonna win. I'm picking the Bills for the eight o'clock game. Um, the Buffalo is favored by six and a half on the road, which is weird. I would pick the Saints to cover at least on that because big, big away spreads are always weird, especially in prime time. Um, but yeah, I think Josh Allen's gonna have a nice game, nice, nice bounce back game. The Saints offense is just not gonna do anything because Star Lutalele should be back. So, uh, so yeah, Bills win, Saints don't. Caleb, who have you gone with the 20 game? This is one that I think is, it, we talked about this at the very beginning of the episode. This has suddenly become a game of two teams uh, going in the wrong direction. And I think yeah. this is big for both teams. I mean, I think I'll, I'll say it right now. I think that the Bills win this one. I know it's in New Orleans, but I, uh, I said, I think if you, uh, you know, they just have the much, much better quarterback. Um, so I think that's always a, a big reason to, to pick a team. And I just feel like that the uh, the Saints are just not not very good. I mean, the Bills, they still have a good roster. Their defense is still pretty talented. Their receiving core is good. Um, so I think that the Bills still have all the pieces to uh, beat the Saints team. So I'll go with the Bills. And then the Saints, they lose this, which I think they will. Um, they go to five and six, and then we're like, uh-oh. Um, so I don't, I don't know. But if the Bills lose this one, then uh, honestly, I think it'll be hard to say that they won the division. If they yeah. lose this one. Yeah, I agree. I think that, that uh, this is this is a very big one for the Bills. So I think this, but I do think they'll uh, pull this one out. Yep. I think it's the definition of you got to have it. I feel like we've said that about a thousand times this episode, but for both teams, because um, both teams really need a win here. So we'll have to see. It should be a good game. Should be a nice one to end out the day. But now uh, we're going to move to the non football section of this podcast. We all knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming, but it's the Thanksgiving special for a reason. We got to talk about some Thanksgiving sides, a hotly debated topic. We, uh, we're not going to be ranking them. We're not going to be tier listing them because it's a podcast currently tier list something. But we're, we're going to be we're going to be grading them. We're going to be treating them like like draft prospects. Like uh, like we're, we're going to look at mashed potatoes like, yeah, so he didn't go to a Division one school. Well, not necessarily, but going to be assigning a grade to uh, our respective grade to each Thanksgiving side for probably like, you know, the top like six most popular Thanksgiving sides. Probably the six, six most controversial. I will sneak in gravy there just so Caleb can rant about his hatred of white gravy because that um, I'm so I've been looking forward to that for weeks. But we'll start with um, we'll start with a pretty solid one. I like to consider this side the Joe Thomas of the Thanksgiving table. It's solid. It's 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 consistently good every year. It's very hard to mess up. It's hard to make elite, but it's very hard to mess up. Um, it's 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 always good. It can tie a lot of things together. It's going to get elevated by the food around it. It might not elevate the food around it, but it's going to get elevated by the food around it massively. It's uh it's it's a fan favorite for many. Um, and I'm going to sign it a grade of a of a solid B plus mashed potatoes, especially with butter and garlic on them. But just straight up mashed potatoes, they're a B plus for me. I like them. They're very good. Uh, they're always something I, I go to scoop first because you got to eat them while they're hot. So. Caleb, I've 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 B plus mashed potatoes. What are what is your grade for for your favorite mashed potatoes? No, I I think mashed potatoes. Um, I don't. I've never tried garlic on. That's interesting. They're pretty but, good. They're uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I know with butter. That's very really, that's really good. I like that. But um, yeah, I mean mashed potatoes. Also, right now they're my favorite side. Wow, so I will, I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give it an A. Right, mm. give them an A. I think they are just. I mean they're absolute staple of thanksgiving they are the go-to side in my opinion 
Yeah. Um, they they just they just really. I mean, when you think Thanksgiving sides, I mean mashed potatoes. It's just it's it's iconic. So, I think that uh, you really you just. I mean, that's they really. It kind of just makes everything around it just a little bit better because it's like. You know, mashed potatoes is the anchor of the sides, and then you've got all the other stuff. It's kind of just like a nice complement to the main side that is mashed potatoes, in my opinion. Yep, that's true. It is. It is definitely the anchor. It ties a lot of things together. But uh, but you mentioned your personal favorite side. Now we're going to talk about my personal favorite side coming up next. We got cranberry sauce. Now, this is something that a lot of people just like a scoop of, like a couple scoops of, pretty moderation. But in my opinion, it's very hard to mess up cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is is very I, I don't want to say elite but it is very close to elite because it is always i feel like i've never had bad cranberry sauce um cranberry relish isn't really my favorite i'm gonna be honest i much prefer it straight out of the can but you get some straight out of the can cranberry sauce ridge is still on the side um it's just it's it's hard to beat it i like it because it's very it's sweet and almost feels like a dessert with with thanksgiving dinner but cranberry sauce my personal favorite immediate a a plus probably I mean, if I if I if I had to give it a, a pro comp, I'm probably thinking Tom Brady, the goat. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really know if it's the goat, but it's 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 a very very good side. Um, it's my personal favorite. Not a lot of people love it. Not a lot of people hate it. It feels like it's pretty divided. Um, but personal favorite, a I think it's the best side there. You can put more than a couple of scoops on your plate, and also when it when it runs into your mashed potatoes or runs in your stuffing, it actually elevates the other sides. I like to point that mm-hmm. out. People should try that from time to time. Cranberry sauce, A, Caleb, where have you gone with for uh, the only fruit-flavored uh, side, it seems like? Yeah, no, I, I, it's definitely not mashed potatoes for me, but I do think it's one of the more consistent ones. Like you said, it, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard to mess it up. And uh, it's always one of those things, like if I'm going to, some years I stay home, some years I go to a family's house. When I go to uh, other people's house, it, it's, it's always one of those things. It's like, I can trust it, you know, because like yeah, you said, it's yeah. very consistent. It's yeah. consistent. And I think that uh, that's always nice to have a, a food that, you know, is going to be consistent. It's kind of like, uh, I think of it as like the McDonald's of the Thanksgiving because McDonald's it's everywhere. You know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You can be, it doesn't matter what city you're in, you know, you can rely on McDonald's and it's going to taste the same as other McDonald's yeah, for the most part. So I think that, I think it's, uh, it's just consistent. It's not top two for me, but I do like it. I, I definitely is something that I do eat on Thanksgiving. It's definitely something I will put on my plate. So it's uh, I would give it a B, I think, just for the for the consistency. I think yeah. it deserves a B, but uh, can't I just don't really think of it as quite as iconic as uh, something like mashed potatoes. That's fair enough. Uh, I mean, I do think when I think of cranberry sauce, I think of Thanksgiving. I feel like mashed potatoes, you can put with a lot of other meals. But cranberry sauce like a Thanksgiving staple, like you don't yeah. have it anywhere else. Yeah, Thanksgiving. So it's a, it's pretty it's pretty well known to Thanksgiving. And another thing that's very well known to Thanksgiving is stuffing. And boy, are people uh, divided on this one? I was talking to one of my friends at school the other day. He's like, "Man, stuffing is the worst. I hate I hate it. I've never had a good stuffing. It's it's garbage." And I'm like, you know what? I think people hate on stuffing a little too much. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give stuffing a B minus because I just don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Yes. It is easy to mess up. And when you mess up stuffing, it is nasty. But you, yeah. you cut up the bread into cubes. You put it in. You mix it in with the – I mean, I, I like to put it on the side of my turkey, not in the turkey. I think that makes it taste a little weird. But I, I think it's it's hard to to make a really, really good stuffing. But when you make a good stuffing, it is just – it is elite. It's up there because the, just when the bread cubes are done just right, you got the peppers, you got the – oh, my gosh. It's good. 
So uh, stuffing B minus for me because there certainly is a level of people who just don't make stuffing because it's just kind of like not good when you don't make it well. Like it's just, it's really hard to do well. And, and when you do it poorly, it's disgusting. But I don't mind it. It's a B minus for me. Caleb, what is your opinion on stuff? Um, I got to be honest with stuffing. It's something that I've only had like twice before and I didn't really like it. So um, it's, it's something that usually um, just it doesn't doesn't quite quite make the cut. You know, my plate mm-hmm. is filled up before I can before stuffing gets the nod for me. So um, I would guess that I would I would probably give it a C minus um, because it's not terrible. Like you said, if somebody makes a good stuffing, it's it's very nice. But yeah. um, you can, like you said, really, really mess it up. And I just don't have it a lot. Um, it's not it's not one of my favorites, but it's not terrible. Um, but it's in, it's kind of like the anti cranberry sauce. It's inconsistent. Yeah. I so agree, I think I, uh, I will, I will not, I don't know a ton about it. Cause like I said, I've only had a couple of times, but it's not terrible, but not, not one of the, my go-to. So I'll give it a C minus. Yep. That, uh, that checks out next one. Um, this, this is something that I think I don't, a lot of people don't really associate with Thanksgiving because it's very popular outside of the holiday, but it's also very divisive because Matthew Junon, uh, Patriots, edge rusher was saying how he hated it and i'm like matthew judon there's a reason you play for the patriots and nobody likes you because mac and cheese is not a hateable side it's good i mean especially like homemade mac and cheese is really good like you go to a restaurant you get mac and cheese it's normally not great but homemade mac and cheese not like from a box but like you actually make the pasta you fold in the cheese it's really good mac and cheese it's up there it's not an a for me it's a b plus it's on the same tier as mashed potatoes because it is a little easier to mess up but but i think a great mac and cheese is better than a great mashed potatoes um so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go mac and cheese b plus because i do thoroughly enjoy it, especially when you got that crisp on the top it's very good caleb what are your opinions on mac and cheese yeah that's that's when it's like like you said it's not super popular i definitely i don't think mac and cheese is something that's like is is been uh, an option every single thanksgiving i've been to yeah so like it's, it's definitely it's not it's not often associated with thanksgiving but yeah. google says it's but, one of the top six thanksgiving sides so that's that's why and, I'm here. that's fair i would agree with that but uh it's it, like i said i mean like you said i would give it a b i would give it a b i i like it i think it's good um like you said the, the like the craft mac and cheese i don't really like that that much but yeah um homemade mac and cheese um just with with melted uh, good cheese on it with some butter. I think butter makes it good. Mm-hmm. Um, mix it in there, and I think that then you have a, a very good side. I mean, it goes, you know, with a lot of things. I think it can go well with potatoes. It can go well with the meat. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's something that you can, you know, some Thanksgiving things. It's like you can't go back and forth. Right, you got to eat one thing and then the next because if yeah. you go back and forth between the two foods, you start to get a weird taste in your mouth. Yeah. So I think, but but mac and cheese is one. It, it can blend well with other foods. So it's it's again, it's not mashed potatoes for me, but it is definitely. I mean, it's a good one, and I wish it was more common because I do think it's. I mean, I like more than stuffing for sure. Yeah. So I think it's. Uh, I think it's pretty underrated, honestly. I I like mac and cheese. Always have. So I I will give it a solid B. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we're going to go a little bit of a lightning round here. Green bean casserole, pretty good for me. It's uh, probably a B minus. I don't have it often, but it's pretty not bad. Caleb, what do you think about green bean, green bean casserole? I Yeah, I actually like green bean casserole. I think it's nice, uh, nice. it's pretty good. It's it's one of those things that's a little inconsistent. Again, it, it depends. Yeah. you got to get the right mixture of stuff. But um, when it's done right, it, it, it's nice. I'll give it a C plus. I think that's, that's pretty good. 
slightly above average. It's not top tier anything, but uh, it's it's definitely something that I will eat. So it's uh, it's because solid C plus. Yep. Uh, let's see. Next up, Brussels sprouts. See, I used to hate Brussels sprouts, and then recently I've grown on them a little bit, especially when it's like made really well. Brussels sprouts are still a C to me because when they're bad, they're disgusting. Like they're just nasty. But when you like grill them just right, they're pretty good. So C for me on Brussels sprouts, Caleb. Are you an enjoyer of Brussels sprouts, a not enjoyer of Brussels sprouts, anywhere in between? What are your thoughts? I, I agree with you. I think grilled, when they're grilled right, they're pretty good. They're, yeah. they're like at that level, they're like a C, but also when they're mm. so bad, it's, it's, it's just awful. So I'm going I'm, I'm to give them a D. They're not going to completely fail. They don't fail, but they still are struggling. I'm not a, not a huge fan, not, not something I usually have on, on Thanksgiving. That's fair. That's fair. Um, cornbread. I, I personally love cornbread. Um, uh, it's one of my favorite things. I like it more than just like the straight up bread rolls. So I'm putting cornbread at an A for me. It's one of my favorite sides of all time. It's probably two. My top three is probably cranberry sauce, cornbread, and mashed potatoes in that order. Um, so I, I'm putting cornbread at an A. Pretty self-explanatory. I feel like I love cornbread. So Caleb, what are your thoughts on cornbread? Yeah, I, I like cornbread. I really do. It's something that we... Uh we always have it's pretty popular in our family so mm -hmm. i'm gonna give it a solid b plus i can't put it in that same two as mashed potatoes i think that's, that's fair that's fair deserves to be in a two of its own at least for me but it's something i mean i i think it's great i think it's very underrated like i never hear people talk about cornbread honestly mm -hmm. but it's 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 one of my it's definitely like you said it's top three for me so um definitely like it b plus good 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 now we get to the part uh, that, I, that I will fail both these uh, foods and I have to put them together. Creamed corn and creamed spinach. I'm sorry. Why are you creaming vegetables? It is disgusting. Both of these straight F. Creamed corn is a little bit better, but creamed spinach is absolutely disgusting. Creamed spinach, straight F. Creamed corn, D minus, but very close to failing. These are both absolutely disgusting and nasty. I've had them maybe twice, both times at like the school Thanksgiving meal that we had like an assembly. And they're like, yeah, try these Thanksgiving foods. Each homeroom made one. I'm like, oh, my God, you chose to make cream corn. It's disgusting. I mean, I had cream spinach once. It just tastes like stuff they would feed to, like, I don't know, man. Just It's it's gross. It's disgusting. So so D and F for those respectively. Caleb, if you've had cream corn, I'm sorry, but how would you rate it? You know, I think, I mean, I've had cream corn. I mean, come on. I, I, I live in Iowa. Of course, I've tried oh, something. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, okay. that's my bad. That's my bad on that one. <laughs> but, no, I – um. I definitely like it more than cream spinach. Cream spinach, that's an F. It's fantastic. Yeah, straight F, straight F. We can both agree on that one. Cream spinach is You know, disgusting. it's like, you know how it's like F see me after class. When I see you after yeah. class, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that it's, uh, that's an F. But, but cream corn, I'll give a, I'll give a D plus. I think it's a okay. little bit. Okay. It's about stuffing for me. It's not terrible, but it's not, uh, not something I love. Honestly, I think straight corn is, is just better. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. So, straight corn, I like, but clean corn, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not uh, definitely not a go to. Yeah, now we're going to put together two vegetables. Uh, you mentioned one of them already that I think are, are pretty, are pretty. I wouldn't say universally non hated. Green beans and corn for me, corn probably be. Corn's one of my favorite vegetables. I think it's really good, especially off the cob. It's great. I mean, corn on the cob is great. It just gets stuck in your teeth. But corn off the cob, fantastic. Put some butter, salt, pepper. It's good. Green beans. I personally am a big fan of collard greens, but I like green beans more than those. Um, I think green beans are very good. Green beans for me are a B plus because I think they're really, they're hard to mess up unless you burn them. Um, and string beans just done right. They're fantastic. So that's my rating for uh, for corn and green beans. So Caleb, you're probably the corn expert. And uh, I don't know if you're much of a green bean guy, but I think they're pretty good. 
rate them for us, will you? Yeah, I, I, I like corn nuts. I would, I would agree with you. It's a B for me. I prefer corn on the cob. And something I've noticed is um, corn on the cob is more of a summer thing. Like I've, I've yeah. never seen yeah. corn on the cob at Thanksgiving. It's always broken yeah, up. But um, it, 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 I would slightly prefer corn on the cob, but still broken up. It's a B. It's something you always feel like you got to put a, put a vegetable on there, you know, mm-hmm. on your plate. Mm-hmm. But uh, that would, that's usually the one I choose. But, but green beans, you know, Green beans, they're, they're C. They're average for me. Yeah, string beans nice. are good. I like those. String beans are probably my second favorite uh, vegetable behind corn. So I do. Uh, I think it's always something uh, I always we also usually have peas as an option. Yeah. I don't really like peas. I always would yeah, prefer green beans over peas. Too much. So I, I definitely um, corn solid B. Like I said, I think that's probably the, the most uh, just vegetable. I think it goes. I think I've had it like corn. If it accidentally, you know, goes and you mashed potatoes, they actually don't go terribly together. I was say, yeah, that's actually a really nice combination. I like corn and mashed potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that uh, that helps. But green beans, I think, are the definition of uh, average. That's fair enough. So now we move to uh, to the last one before the, uh, the the famed gravy. And honestly, we'll we'll do some we'll we'll throw in turkey at the end just just to, for some controversy because I have some strong opinions about turkey, but. Yeah. We go sweet potatoes uh, slash candied yams. I mean, it's really up to you. I, I don't really have candy yams very often. I know it's something people eat in the South a lot. I actually had it for the first time last week. It's not that bad. Um, but normal sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes is better, especially mashed up. <coughs> Sorry, I had to cough. Um, yeah, so sweet potatoes are, are, for me, are probably a B. Um, I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're good. I think they're kind of somewhere in between. They're a little above average, but they're definitely not better than mashed potatoes is a fact. Maybe yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'll even bump down to B minus because they're good, but they're nowhere near yeah. mashed potatoes. I actually, they're when they're mashed up, they're good, but I prefer them in the skin because put some brown sugar on it and it's just so good. Um, they're almost like a dessert. So for me, sweet potatoes, B. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm going to give them B minus. Um, I think like you, I totally agree with what you said there. I think uh, normal potatoes, I like more mashed, but yeah, um, yeah. I think sweet potatoes are just better straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, uh, they, they, they can be pretty good, but I just don't, you know, I think that they, they, they just don't have that creamy flavor of normal mashed potatoes. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, that's one of my favorite things about it. So, uh, B minus above average slightly, but, um, definitely quite a bit inferior to the goat normal mashed potatoes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now we move to gravy, man. People are probably looking forward to this one considering I don't shut up about it. Brown gravy for me is very good. It's a lot better than white gravy. Um, I The only thing I've ever put white gravy on was mashed potatoes, and it was just so much worse than brown gravy. I was like, why do people why do people eat this? Um, I have brown gravy at everything Thanksgiving. I think it's very good, especially there's this, like, smoky salt you can get from, like, uh, Acme in Philadelphia that you, like, put in the gravy, and then you mix it up, and it makes it really smoky, and it's really good. Um, so gravy for me is honestly – I don't really know if I would consider it a side because it's, like it's, like, a condiment. But if I'm putting yeah. it in sides, I think it personally, it is the most Thanksgiving side of all. Like, like, I think of Thanksgiving, I think of gravy and turkey and mashed potatoes. Like, those are the three things, mm-hmm. like primary sauce. So I think gravy is really up there. If I have to consider it a side, it's probably like my third favorite. But I'm going to I'm gonna give it a solid A minus and a half. It's like right in between A minus and A. I don't even know if that's a thing, but it's really good. It's not on that cranberry sauce tier, but it's really good. It's right on that mashed potatoes tier, I feel like. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a, an A minus for, for brown gravy. White gravy had it once. Wasn't good. Probably. I don't really think I can rate it, but I'll, I'll rate it low. So like D F maybe. So Caleb, the floor is yours. Take it away. 
his thing, I have some quite strong opinions about Glavy. So, um, obviously, I like Brown Glavy more. I think it's better. But the, the predicament I often find myself in is yep. in my family, I'm in the strong minority. Here, wow. Okay? that's I really am. So, it, it, they love white. They put white Glavy on everything. They put it on their mashed potatoes. They put it on their meat. They just, they put it on everything. Yeah, and I think gross. I just don't understand. So what I have to do, <laughs> when I find myself doing, I have to get my, one, I kid you not, I kid you not, a, uh, a couple of years ago, I think two, two, three years ago, Yeah. We I went to my grandparents about, you know, an hour and uh, an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you never know, because, you know, it takes a lot of pots and pans to make Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I had to do is I had to bring my own pot from home in case, <laughs> you know, to make ground gravy. Yeah, I did. Exactly. You, you, I bring, I brought it, you know, and then you, there was the, uh, the packets and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think you had to, you, you just have to bring it because you, you just, you got to have that ground gravy. I just think it's just something about it. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's just, I, I've never seen two things co- complement each other. The way mashed potatoes and brown gravy complement each other. It's just, it's, it's, it's truly, they are the, the perfect, they, they are the perfect partners. They just do, I mean, they're, they're the best teammates in the world. You know, they just do everything, uh, make it so much, uh, complement each other so much. But the white gravy, I think, is overrated. And I think it's just doesn't, it just doesn't mesh as well with other things. Like even, I think brown gravy, if you ever put brown gravy on your meat, I think that's good too. That is like elite. That. Dude, brown gravy yeah. on dark meat is so good. Yeah, I know. Elite. Exactly. So I just think uh, brown gravy is a lot more versatile. I think it can go with uh, with a lot of things. So I'm a big, brown gravy is is an A. It's an A. It's with mashed potatoes. Nice. They, nice. they just, they have to, I feel like they have to be together because they're just hand in hand. And then, then white gravy, you know what? Screw it. I'm giving white gravy an F. This is dumb. Wow. I don't like it. Wow. White gravy is just bad. I don't like it. It's getting a skin F. So uh, interesting. Strong, strong gravy's opinions from Caleb. Just always know uh, if you ever invite Caleb over for Thanksgiving dinner and you want white gravy, he's he's coming with his own pot and his yeah, own packet no, of brown I gravy mixture. Yeah. Because he will even clean it himself and bring it home because this is just... Okay. It's it's essential to have, have brown it. gravy with every Thanksgiving meal. So make sure make sure make sure your family doesn't hear this one, Caleb, because boy, you just call them all out. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's it for the sides. Now we move. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we can break down some pies too. We got time. Why not? Why not? Hey, this is a long episode. Hey, it's Thanksgiving special. Who cares? But uh, we're gonna go to turkey first. We're just gonna talk about turkey, like you know, a good minute and a half, because I have some very strong opinions about turkey. So I'm gonna let you go first, Caleb. How would you rank turkey amongst other meats and other sides like just honestly just give it a grade what do you think about turkey here's the thing man yeah this is this is the most i mean i've said this all my friends know this about me mm-hmm. my family knows this about me mm-hmm. um and it's always something that when i when every single person i've told the first time i tell them it they just they they give me this weird look yeah because it's it's like it's uh anti-thanksgiving almost yeah. um but uh so I might have some pitchforks at the door soon, but Uh-oh. I think uh, I don't. I have ham at Thanksgiving. You have ham. You don't even have one slice of turkey. No, no, I don't. Oh my lord! You don't even have. You don't, I mean, <laughs> do you bring your own ham too, along with the with the brown no, gravy? I, I mean, see, I, one time I, one time I did, but um, <laughs> no, I mean, okay, no, I've I've had sometimes I have a little turkey with my ham. I do. 
Yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. Um, my thing, I like. Here's the thing: smoked turkey is good. I like smoked turkey; it's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. um, just turkey plain, just straight plain turkey in the oven. I just don't like it. So, um, it's 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 something that you know, it's something that I can eat. It's not a bottom tier like a white gravy or, or stuffing or a cream spinach or something like that. But um, I'll give it a C minus for normal turkey because it's not awful, but it's just not something that. Uh, I prefer, and, and it's the main thing, right? Meat's the main thing. So if the main thing is not yeah. something you, and that kind of ruins the whole meal. Yeah, that's So fair, it's that's like, fair. if turkey was the side, I mm-hmm. would have it more. But when it's got to be the main thing, I can't have something I grade a C minus as my main thing. That's, so that's I fair think enough. That, so, but smoke, smoke turkey, which I've had uh, a couple of times uh, at Thanksgiving, that's a lot better. I'll give that a B. I think smoke turkey's good. All right. So this is, this is where, where we get to it. And Caleb, uh, I, I share your opinion in somewhat is that uh, I don't think Turkey is as high on people's, I like, it's not as high on my list as it is on other people's list, but that's due to one thing and one thing only you hate white gravy and I hate white meat. I mean, white meat is just, it's literally, I've never had good white meat in my life. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry, dad, if you're listening to this, but I've literally never had good white meat in my life because it's always dry. It's literally impossible to make a not dry white meat. It's always dry. Dark meat meat is great. Dark meat slaps. Dark meat is fantastic. I love dark meat. I have a lot of dark meat. I just never have the white meat. It's just so dry. And you just, I like, I go through like two glasses of juice uh, or water for that matter. Just oh, yeah. to get rid of like the, the taste of the white meat in my mouth because it's just bad. It's just not good. Dark meat's great because dark meat's nice and moist and, and it's very flavorful, it's very rich. I like it. But uh, but just white meat, just not for me. It's not for me. And uh Kale, you're actually I, I just I re- just refreshed my Twitter feed and uh you, your opinion is shared by Joe Burrow. Because Charlie Goldsmith, Bengals writer for the Cincinnati Inquirer, said, Joe Burrow on Thanksgiving, quote, I'm probably a ham guy, not a turkey guy. So for that matter, Caleb Arthur, you, uh, you're you closer to an NFL quarterback than I am. So You know, here's the thing. It, this is perfect. This makes so much sense. Like I said, I know this is, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I think you know it. Yeah. I was born in the same hospital as Joe Burrow. It's very, so, very impressive. Very impressive. So that makes sense. Maybe it's just uh, some, some connection there. It's uh, there's there's a telepathic connection between Caleb and uh, and Joe Bro. So that's that's the the turkey takes out of the way. We're gonna get to one last food take, and they're gonna end it because I gotta edit this thing. Um, it's about ninety minutes at this point. So, Caleb, pie, very very controversial opinion. Pie. I personally like mine almond mode, but that's that's not the goal. That's not we're not talking about that today. There's three very very popular types of pie to have on Thanksgiving. You have apple, you have pecan pie or pecan pie. I say pecan, and then you got pumpkin pie now i'm not asking you to grade them i'm asking you to rank the three of them how would you rank apple pecan pie and pumpkin pie oh this this is easy right here this is the question of the day okay okay apple pie is clearly number one yeah okay agreed agreed um i would say i mean honestly the next two i don't i usually just have apple but um interesting i would i would go pumpkin number two and i would go pecan, pecan number three i just i Peanuts, almonds, pecans, cashews, whatever. I just, I'm not like nuts. I just, oh my don't God. Like Caleb, you've, you've never been more right about something in your whole life. Oh my goodness. Just, oh, I just, I, yeah, I despise nuts as well. So I think, I know, like, I don't, a lot of people like have like nuts as like snack, and I just don't understand just, that. But, no. 
but um, no. So apple pie, clearly, I think apple is great. That's a that's another one, not quite to the level of mashed potatoes, but it's up there in terms of iconic. Um, so I yeah. think that uh, that's definitely number one. And then pumpkin pie is mediocre. That's average. And then pecan pie, I don't eat. Yep. So. I don't eat pecan pie because it's pretty gross. My family likes it. I don't know why. It's gr- I mean, my grandparents like butter pecan ice cream. It's just, it's, it's gross. Um, pumpkin pie, not bad. You can't have pumpkin pie a la mode, which I don't like. Like you have to put a lot of whipped cream on it to like moisturize it up a little bit. You know what I mean? But apple pie, let me just, just, I just, I have such a love for apple pie, man. It's just so good. You get this, yeah. especially when it's done right. The cinnamon, the folds of the pie crust. You put a big scoop of ice cream on top. You warm it up. It's just so, it's just so good. It's so good. It's the best pie to have all on mode. Peach pie is not that bad, but I prefer more of a peach cobbler, to be honest. Um, yeah. And just, and just apple pie. It's, in my opinion, it is the greatest dessert in history. I know that's like very controversial to say, but apple pie with a scoop of ice cream, especially warm, greatest dessert in history. I, we just we had to we had to end the podcast on on a pie table. Yeah, I, I can I say one more thing though. Can I say yeah, one yeah, more yeah. thing? I like apple pie; it's really good. But here's here's the thing that I actually is more common among mm-hmm. our family, and I mm-hmm. very much enjoy it. Is apple crisp? I yeah, that's that's, that's fair. And then also though peach crisp. We don't really have that much because peaches go out of season yeah. at Thanksgiving. They're not in season. But peach crisp, I want to give a special shout out because I really like peach crisp. It's very good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'm going to shout out Peach Cobbler too, because I mean, peach peaches are, are very good. I, I think they're very underrated part of, but like you said, they're not normally in season. Normally apples are in season. That's why. But yep. you know what else is pretty good? Cranberry. Cranberry pies is not that bad. Yeah, it's not no, as good it's, as some ice cream. It's not apple. If I was, yeah. I would have rank it. Not, it's not apple, but I'd, I'd put it above pumpkin. I'd put it number two. I agree. I agree. I think uh, most fruit pies are, uh, are above pumpkin. Um, but pecan is just the worst by a mile. People like it and they're crazy. So. But uh, but yeah, Caleb. Any any more food takes? Any more Thanksgiving stuff you got to get off your chest before we conclude the episode? Um, uh, just ground gravy. You got to have it. Mashed potatoes and legendary and uh, like the Bengals Lord and Savior Joe Burrow says, ham. Ham is the meat, man. That is-, is that is when you are having a meal, a big you know holiday meal. It is just it is the perfect main dish. Ham is the meat that i it is my go-to well there it is that's what the man said what he said ham is apparently better to turkey to kill i mean i think ham is very good but dark meat turkey just cannot be beat white meat turkey gross but dark meat turkey cannot yeah, be no, beat. I agree. the dark meat turkey's better for sure. yeah yeah but uh but yeah that's uh that's gonna conclude thanksgiving special of the all nine yards podcast hopefully we publish this later wednesday it's gonna be a behemoth to edit but that's okay um so everybody enjoy the time you're spending with your families uh, after this episode, the, the intro music is going to change to some Christmas stuff. You better believe it because it's the holiday oh season. You better believe it. There's going to be some like can trap we... sleigh bells remix or something. I don't uh, know. Can I say one thing? Can I yeah. say one more thing? Yeah. Are you a, because this is a very hotly debated topic. With me. Mm-hmm. Are you a wait till after Thanksgiving to do Christmas or do you go straight into Christmas right after Halloween? I don't go straight in right after Halloween. That's stupid. Yeah, I, I go I, in like I'm more of a I think I, I hate the people that like it's don't even acknowledge Thanksgiving and it's full Christmas on November 1st. Yeah, I, like, I like I start to ease into Christmas before I do admit I start to listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Yeah. But like, when Thanksgiving is over, I like ramp it up times 100. But like before Thanksgiving, I'm easing in with because the snow doesn't yeah. fall in Philadelphia until like February. So you just have to like make snow in your head. Yeah, usually. Um, yeah, here it, it, it's January. It's really yeah. 
So, uh, so you just, I, I, I like the, the first Mariah Carey listen probably comes on like November 10th, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. and then I just start to like repeat it, like in when December starts, but like black Friday, I normally like, you know, have to day to like re- acknowledge Thanksgiving, but the weekend after Thanksgiving, that Christmas stuff getting ramped up, man, getting a Christmas tree. You always get a Christmas tree the weekend after Thanksgiving. Yep. See, um, I do that so. same thing. The weekend after Thanksgiving is always when we put up a Christmas tree. Yep. Yep. That's uh that's, that's, that's a smart, that's a smart thing. So yeah, that's that's to me. That's just kind of how it is. Like I ease into it after Halloween, but then after Thanksgiving, I ramp it. I ramp it up massively because December is one of my favorite months of the year, mostly because of Christmas. But it's 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 a nice time of the year here, late December or late November and December. So uh, so thanks for sticking with us at the All Nine Yards Podcast. Um, everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving and uh, have a, have a great weekend. Watch some rivalry college football. Watch some rivalry high school for that matter. If you're uh, hey, there's it's uh, it's feast week in college basketball. The tournaments. Sure. Yup, yup. Uh, I think Iowa State plays tonight against Xavier. You guys can get your first ranked win of the year. No, hopefully. no, we won't. But you know. hey, hey, have some optimism, man. You're four and But yeah, I another thing with the holidays though is why I mean the holidays are great, but it's also like November and December when basketball and football cross over. So that's yeah. Fun. Yeah, it's really great. It's just, it's awesome. It's it's a combination of everything we love um, in the sports world because there's no baseball. Woo! Okay, now I don't want to slander baseball too hard, but it, it's nice that there's no baseball. I will. I'll slander it. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think Syracuse plays VCU tomorrow. So, uh, so I, I got some. No, I played today. So You're that- right. It's tonight. It's tonight at five. I didn't remember if it was at five tomorrow or five tonight. But it's five tonight. Virginia Commonwealth University about to get smacked. Same with Xavier because I, I believe in Iowa State more than Caleb does. So uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time.